The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 145. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Acts with Chapter 8. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Last week, we dealt with the death of Stephen, and you may remember that the end of the chapter on the death of Stephen ended with people stoning Stephen who is the first martyr in the church, and then also putting their cloaks at the feet of a man named Saul, a young man named Saul. And we should say, because I don't know if I mentioned it last week, that the word martyr is the Greek word for witness. It's not the word for to die or somebody who dies for their faith. It's just that to die for your faith was the ultimate witness. And so that word took on a new meaning because of the early Christian martyrs. So chapter 8, the first verse almost acts like it should be in chapter 7, but was chosen by those who put in the chapter headings to be here in a separate chapter, and that is this, and Saul was there giving approval to his death, and that is to the death of Stephen. And so chapter 8 continues from there. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. And we're going to continue on in the story of Saul in a later chapter, but these first few verses give us a little glimpse into the one who will become the Apostle Paul, but who, by his own account in the letter to the Corinthians, killed people for their faith in Christianity, or their faith in what is at this time still called the way. But first we're going to continue on with a different story. Philip in Samaria. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed, so there was great joy in that city. Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and acclaimed, This man is the divine power known as the great power. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. 
Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your head, for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord so that nothing you have said may happen to me. When they testified and proclaimed the word of the Lord, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. One of the byproducts of the persecution, this early persecution of the church, is that the word doesn't just stay trapped in Jerusalem. Because people flee Jerusalem to avoid persecution, they flee and take the word of Jesus with them. And so Philip, who again was one of the seven, one who was chosen to wait tables, becomes Philip the Evangelist, and that's how we know him today. And so he goes off here to Samaria and has great success preaching and also doing miraculous signs. And so people are being healed and people are having evil spirits come out of them. And he is bringing, did you notice, great joy in that city. When the gospel is preached, remember gospel is good news. If we're doing it right if we're remembering that this is good news, when the gospel is preached, it should create great joy. This is good news that is coming to these people. Remember, this is Philip, who is a Jew, coming into Samaria, saying that the faith that we have, which is based on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, yes, but is based more importantly on Jesus, is also for you. You who the Jews are told not to associate with, not to talk with, not to eat with. You are our brothers because Jesus has come and he has removed the barriers between us in his death on the cross. What he is preaching is very good news and it is radical news. He is going where he was told as a kid not to go. He is associating with those who he was told by his mother not to associate with because he has been changed by the gospel. And that is good news, and that brings great joy. And then we get Simon, Simon the sorcerer. And a couple of interesting things about Simon is, one is that he was known as the divine power. He told everyone that he was someone great. Did you notice that? He boasted he was someone great. And he had a position of importance among these people And then Philip comes, and Philip is performing miracles. And so everyone, including Simon, follow him and are baptized. Simon himself believes. That's what it says. It doesn't just say Simon wants more power and therefore Simon follows. Simon believes, and he's baptized. We have to understand that although his thinking is not clarified yet, he did see something. His heart was touched. And so... While Philip is there, word gets back to Jerusalem and to the apostles what he's doing here. And so Peter and John come to help. And they come and they pray for people that they might receive the Holy Spirit because they have not yet. Now, we have to understand that they don't have a Holy Spirit meter that they're using to tell who has and who hasn't received the Holy Spirit. But at least at that time, in that place, the receiving of the Holy Spirit involved an outward sign. And we'll see that again in chapter 10 with Cornelius, so keep that in mind. And so that is how they know they haven't received the Holy Spirit. They've been baptized into the name of Jesus. They place their hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And we believe, although it doesn't say here, with some outward sign. And that is how Simon, who sees that, covets it. He wants that power. 
And because he offers money for it, we think he wants it perhaps for the wrong reason. Certainly Peter, who is, you'll notice, also Simon. Simon Peter says to Simon the magician, one who has been changed and one who is not yet done being changed, says, may your money perish with you. Your heart is in the wrong place. Your thinking is wrong. You're trying to use this faith. You're trying to use the power that God intended to bring freedom and joy for your personal gain because you probably miss that prestige that you used to have. I see you're full of bitterness, he says. You're captive to sin. You yourself need to be freed from yourself is basically Simon's problem. And Simon does, at this point, say, you know, pray to the Lord, nothing can happen. It seems that Simon understands that he is wrong, and hopefully Simon goes on and does better, although church tradition doesn't necessarily record that Simon figured it all out, because Simon is associated with one of the earlier church heresies, that of Gnosticism, which we'll talk about at a later date. And the story continues on in chapter 8. Philip and the Ethiopian. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. The man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way, rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Again, Philip is faithful to where God is sending him in a very literal fashion. God is giving him GPS-like directions. Go here, do this. Talk to that man. i Wish we had this sort of clarity, and we don't always get it. But one of the things that I like is Philip, as he's standing near the chariot, he doesn't get direct connections from God in terms of what he should say, but he hears an opportunity. He doesn't start preaching to the man. He simply asks, do you understand what you're reading? It's simply an invitation. And the Ethiopian eunuch doesn't understand what he's reading. And so he invites Philip to come and explain it. And Philip apparently does a really good job, starting with this scripture, this prophecy of Jesus from the prophet Isaiah, to explain it because he gets all the way, in however long they're riding in the chariot, to explain what needs to be done to believe, which includes baptism. 
And church tradition holds that this eunuch, this Ethiopian, becomes the start of the Coptic church, the church that is today still in Ethiopia and has been there now for two millennia. Again, because of the faithfulness of Philip, because he is listening and hearing God, and did you notice again that he is bringing joy? That's what happens when the eunuch is baptized. He goes in his way rejoicing because that is the result of hearing the good news. And if that isn't the result of the way people hear the good news from you, then we need to examine the way that we are saying it. We need to examine whether we, like Simon the Sorcerer, are doing it with the wrong motives or the wrong approach. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com, which has a new look you might notice. There is also a Bible Study Podcast iPhone app if you want to get the episodes on your iPhone, if you happen to have one. That is available for $2, as I mentioned last week, and that's because someone developed that for me. And I know at least one person who has been using the app for one of the three podcasts that I have now who has found it to be a much easier way to get episodes. So you might check that out and see whether you find that to be the case with this application. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.